Hello and a very warm welcome from our side to our panel, Decoding Digital um, Collectability. My name is Felix. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders of the creative studio behind Mercedes-Benz Next, which is essentially the umbrella brand um, of Mercedes-Benz for all things digital collectibles, digital art and Web3. I won't bore you now with a very big exposition on what we do. Um, we're actually present upstairs and we're showcasing some of the collections we launched. Um, so very uh, happy to have you there and go a bit more into details, but obviously we'll cover some themes as well in this panel. Um, as the panel title states, um, we like to have a deep dive today into the state of collectability and collecting experience in the NFT space. So we look a bit at the cultural side of uh, things. Why do people collect? Um, what is different compared, and maybe also similar compared to a very gigantic um, uh, collectability market in the physical uh, realm? Um, and we also talk about what would, can we le learn from that market actually uh, when we think about designing the future collectability experience in Web3. But we also talk a bit more Uh, at the uh, on the technical and tactical side. So how do great mechanisms to incentivize collecting actually look like and how do we need to evolve the user experience um, behind collectability? To do all that, I'd like to introduce our two panel guests uh, today. On the one hand, we have Ben Roy, um, who is one of the most renowned and thoughtful voices on crypto Twitter, um, all things crypto culture. Um, he's the founder of Accelerate Art, which is a non-profit focusing on promoting emerging artists in the digital art field. Um, and he is also an angel investor and uh, advisor to uh, around a dozen companies in crypto, gaming, and digital art. Welcome, Ben. Great to have you. Thanks, man. And then, uh, on the other hand, we have Sebastian Ila, um, who is also one of the co-founders behind Mercedes-Benz Next um, and our head of product. Um, so he is essentially responsible for the concept phase of all our collections, but then also um, responsible for design and the technical execution. Sebastian, great to have you as well. Thank you. So before we dive in, um, if you pick up any interesting thoughts or questions, um, keep them in mind, um, for which you might want to have Ben's or Sebastian's point of view. We will try to make some room for audience questions in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, but I think this is enough uh, introduction. Let's jump uh, just in. And I brought a little warm-up question um, for you guys. Um, what is actually the first thing uh, or one of the most exciting things for you you collected in your life? And why was that special for you? And would you like to kick things off? Yeah, I can, I can go for it. Um, I think the first thing I remember collecting was Pokemon cards. At least I remember intentionally collecting. Um, I would have been second grade maybe. Uh, and I think when I think back on that, it's mostly just the relationships that are important to me from there. Where you're, you go to school, you share that experience with different people. Um, but it was also a thing where like every week I would go with my mom to the gas station and get like one of the little packs. And so you just have that as a consistent social memory. Um, and yeah, so that would be my quick stuff. Pokemon cards. Very cool. I, I dabbled in Pokemon cards as well, <laughs> but not, not religiously. I think 
really the only thing that I collected before NFTs was uh, watches. And I, I don't mean expensive ones, but like fun ones and stuff that does something emotionally to me. Um, fittingly, I'm wearing a watch that is probably the cheapest one <laughs> I have, but that was actually gifted to me by my granddad. Um, so that's, I think, the only thing I'm, I'm really collecting in the, in the physical space. Cool. Thank you, guys. So before we uh, kick off a more deep dive discussion, I think it might make sense to give like some context on, I think, one of the very interesting themes we would like to discuss. So leading up to the formation of Mercedes-Benz Next, we actually spent a lot of time about Uh, thinking what would our long-term vision and ambition, ambition look like. Um, and we ultimately framed it in one sentence. You can also read above at our booth. Uh, to create digital objects that stand the test of time. And obviously, since then, we um, are essentially in an ongoing exploration on what that actually means and how you can make, uh, bring that to life. Um, so why do people collect uh, in the space? What do people really appreciate? And I think one of the common themes is obviously financial value, which was a very important driver in the last years in the space. But when we look at motivations beyond that, I think it makes sense um, to make a distinction between art NFTs on the one hand and non-art NFTs like digital collectibles on the other hand. Um, and for art, it seems pretty straightforward. People fall in love with the artwork itself. They might love an idea or um, concept as a core behind it, or they might appreciate the technological excellence um, and execution of it. So just owning the artwork and supporting the artist, obviously, behind it is a very inherent motivation. But when we talk about digital collectibles, uh, which is also one of the main things we do, I think it gets more complex. Um, so um, for many projects, I think there's a very clear expectations now from a lot of audiences that they would also receive specific utilities and benefits when buying an NFT. Um, it's almost like a prerequisite to receive some attention these days in the space um, and like sufficient buzz to launch. And it's also probably a prerequisite for a lot of potential holders um, when they make a purchase decision. Um, and I think when we look at the physical collectability market, things behave quite differently. I mean, there it's um, a lot of people collect different things without expecting any uh, utility that goes way beyond ownership and maybe the inherent functionality of what they buy. So I think it's possible to spot like a difference between how things are moving and have shaped and developed in the physical realm Uh, compared to the NFT space. And Ben, I would like to have your point of view first on that. Would you agree with that assessment? And maybe you can give us a bit insight in your perspective um, when we talk about like non-art digital collectibles these days. Yeah, I think, um, you, I mean, you've laid it out pretty well. There's this whole speculation side of crypto. This is largely why people have been drawn into the space. You have a friend who makes $1,000 on some like adjective animal NFT and it draws people in, right? And so the, the hope is you move beyond that and you're able to create community and, you know, think of these pieces of technology as like a formation for community building or like just a, you want to build relationships with people. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I would agree. I think the physical piece is underrated for now for, from that. That's probably one of the core things we could learn from, people who have collected things like watches or even old-time car stuff, like we were chatting before the panel, 
that's a really common thing in car circles as people kind of gather and come together and have community around that. And so, yeah, I think the physical side of things is really important. Um, yeah. Cool. Thanks. Um, Sebastian, what is your point of view? Um, uh, when we talk about collectability in, in that sense, and maybe you can elaborate a bit more how that view might also have shaped what we did with Mercedes-Benz Next throughout the last month. Um, I, I think you perfectly said it. There's a lot of... The, the non-art NFT market is very utility-driven. Uh, right now, I think for most of the non-art NFT projects, there's some sort of expectation to de deliver additional measurable value. Monetary gains would be one. Access would be another one. Status maybe as well. Um, I still think that there's room for digital collectibles that, that mainly deliver on emotional value that people uh, would collect because it does something to them emotionally very similar to a lot of the, the collecting in, in, the, um, in the physical space. And th that's why the, the production quality of our NFTs, our digital collectibles of the Mercedes-Benz Next icons was um, so important to us, and which is why the, they were created or designed by the Mercedes-Benz design team. So the actual people that are designing and creating the cars created our digital collectibles um, as well. Um. All right. <laughs> I think you have to bear with me a little bit. The, the opening party yesterday was a tiny bit too good. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, uh, Ben, you're obviously a big collector yourself. Um, and I have a focus on art. But if you look at a potential digital collectible project that you might make a buying decision on what are like in factors you would look at. Is it utility and what are other elements where you would base a buying or non-buying decision these days? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I would, I would split this into two buckets. So one, most of the collecting that I do is just for the sake of it. So it's more of like a taste question. If you vibe with someone's art, it's like an authenticity thing, right? Like I just want to collect stuff that I like. Um, when it's more of an investment question, I think about it in, in terms of like storytelling and then who's going to buy this from me at a higher price, um, right? So it's like if, if an artist is able to tell a good story about who they are, about their work, about their process, um, chances are they're going to draw more people in over time, right? And so I can make a case for picking something up uh, financially. But again, I would say most of probably like 80% of my activity is just supporting artists because I like their stuff um, or I like them. Um, yeah. Um, would you say, I mean, let's talk, uh, let's think about brands entering the space and uh, brands thinking what could a potential role for us be in the space. Would you actually advise uh, uh, them that, or would you say that essentially for non-art NFTs, there is a market that is primarily, primarily focused on digital collectibles without any utility? Or is utility like really the make or break point um, right now to launch a successful uh, collection? Yeah, I think like if I was a company trying to wrestle with what I'm going to do in NFTs, it kind of splits into two things as well. It's, it's really just a relationship building exercise. I've, I've said that already. But it's like relationships of breadth, which is more of a marketing thing. Like yeah. I want to see this as a marketing expense. I want to build better relationships with more people. Or relationships of depth, which is more of this like utility conversation where 
you know, how do we do something? I mean, it really depends on the business at the end of the day, but how do we do something for our super consumers, like our super fans? Um, and yeah, utility like is a big buzzword and it's hard to know what that really means at the end of the day. But I think there's a way of approaching this where you do either or it just depends on the company. Um, so yeah, breadth or depth. Maybe just to cycle back a tiny bit where I checked out earlier, um, maybe I give a little context of what is Mercedes-Benz next, uh, uh, icons. So We, not only were they created by the Mercedes-Benz design team, but we actually sat together with um, the experts from Mercedes-Benz Museum and the Mercedes-Benz Classics team and looked at the automotive heritage, so what really made Mercedes-Benz in the, in the physical world, looked at the automotive heritage uh, since 1886 and sort of divided that into seven distinct eras. And for each era, we basically chose um, the, the most beloved cars, the very most iconic Uh, highlight cars and sort of created NFTs around them, featured them in our digital collectibles. And you have to come come upstairs to check it out. But what came out is like a, a fusion of digital trading cards, uh, maybe digital top trump cards, and uh, 3D designs of these most beloved cars that that I just mentioned. So we sort of chose. The, the, the cars, the vehicles, the digital products, uh, the, the physical products that created the most emotional value over the last 137 years um, as physical products and are now hoping that they will do the same as, as digital uh, objects over the next 137 plus years. Um, maybe you can uh, go a bit more into what is actually the vision of Mercedes-Benz next when it comes to increasing collectability and creating like a unique experience that is maybe very distinct to what we do uh, in the digital field um, and maybe leveraging new technologies. What's like, uh, what are some ideas that we are currently um, basically evaluating and considering? A lot of them. So I still, the, the, I, I think the digital collecting experience is still uh, lagging behind the, the physical one even though the technology has the opportunity to far exceed the, the physical collecting experience. So we are very closely looking at putting Mercedes-Benz icons specifically, but our collection so far in, in general, into new environments, into new contexts. And stuff that we are closely looking at right now is doing that for, for gaming, doing that for VR and, and XR experiences, and also looking at how we can encourage our collectors, how we can encourage people to collect sets of these uh, collectibles and also how to help them showcase those because I think that is also something that we as an NFT space uh, have to and are currently jointly working, working on. Perfect. And then if we uh, think about the um, collectible market in the physical realm and how evolved that since basically forever... Do you feel that there are important learnings that we should still consider when we think about how can we evolve the collecting experience? Or is this rather something where you would say technology and especially uh, tokens bring up very new opportunities that should essentially follow an own dynamic and own, uh, an own way? Um, How do you think, do you think there are any like very important learnings that we still interpret for um, uh, NFTs um, that we could derive from the digital uh, physical field? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I think I forget who said this back in the day, but someone was basically making the point that humans like to collect things. And we're just doing that in a different domain now, but ultimately it's like the same core behavior that we're pursuing, right? So I think there's something you can definitely learn from these very long lasting, I mean, we'll use the car example because it's Mercedes, right? But my, I have an uncle, he's a big car guy. He lives in Germany. He does the old timer meetups and stuff. He's like a a man living his best life in his mid fifties. And there's community around that, right? Whether it's like car parts or magazines or all all these sorts of things. And I think, you know, even an event like this, you're gathering people because of a core interest in digital objects. Um, I think it's really this, a lot of those same lessons will apply to collecting things on the internet. Uh, And it's not just like group formation, it's like real life group formation. So gathering people who share those collecting interests and doing stuff with them together. I think there's just something that is, yeah, hard to replace about being in the physical world with a group of people who share your interests or the things that you like. And yeah, so I think there's definitely something to learn. I would agree, but I think that very much extends into the the digital realm as well, especially in times where we spend more and more time in digital spaces. So, I mean, I spend a lot of my day in uh, Microsoft Teams calls or whatever, Zoom calls, and I love to showcase NFTs that I'm collecting as digital uh, uh, backgrounds. Um, so I think that the, the, the element of community, of showcasing that is also moving into digital spaces. Uh, and that is su- super exciting, I think. Totally. Uh, you talked about the car, um, and obviously, as a car brand that moves into Web3, um, it's also an interesting potential to make the connection, to make essentially the bridge between those two worlds. Can you share any ideas um, and potential approaches how to combine like the physical realm, the car, with the activities that Mercedes does um, in Web3? That's something that we as Mercedes-Benz Next, but also Mercedes-Benz HQ are looking at a lot. Um, to, to maybe share one specific example, I think that in times where, and th- these are my words now, uh, Mercedes-Benz cars are sort of becoming more and more rolling, luxurious living uh, rooms, um, and, and screen sizes within these cars are ever increasing. Mercedes-Benz is exploring uh, a lot of things, how to how to get digital art and digital collectibles into the, 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 the car. And something that they are experimenting with right now, and I had the, the pleasure of uh, testing already, is connecting your crypto wallet to the infotainment system of the car and actually showcasing your NFT collection in the car. Uh, that is something super exciting that is happening right now. And I think uh, further future use cases um, that, that are very interesting and that are being explored right now is stuff like digital twins, especially for, for vintage cars where there's a lot of uh, fraud with, with uh, value assessments and car parts that are being uh, built onto uh, vintage cars and also proof of authenticity across the, the supply chain. Uh, those are use cases that Mercedes-Benz is closely looking at how to connect blockchain technology, NFTs and the, the physical products, the cars. You talked about uh, gaming earlier, and I mean, gaming is obviously something that is discussed a lot in Web3 at the moment, um, has the potential to um, also increase like the interactability um, and ways to interact with um, what you own uh, as, an, as a digital collectible. Then there's also obviously XR, VR, the Apple Vision Pro coming 
I guess next year, um, get gotten got a bit quiet. But um, if we talk about those emerging or next already existing technologies, is it something that makes you specifically excited, Ben, um, on where we will see more links between digital objects, digital collectibles, um, and how you could engage via new technologies with them? Yeah, I think um, when I talk to people who are skeptical of the whole crypto thing or NFTs specifically, and you sit down and say, okay, well, you listen to music, right? Like if I sent you a Taylor Swift song and you a Taylor Swift song, we'd, we would all have the same MP3 on our computers. Now we figured out a way to own things on the internet, right? That usually clicks for people um, and whatever, we can call it NFTs or digital objects or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it usually makes sense. And I think as people move into different environments that are more digital or spend more time in the same digital environments that exist today, that will become more and more intuitive for them. So it's one of these things where it'll take some time for everyone to have a, you know, Apple headset, whatever. In two, I think 2007 was when the iPhone came out. It took a few years, right, before people got touchscreens and kind of it made sense to people. So this is more of a three to five year thing in, in my mind. But yeah, basically, like the more people spend time in those types of environments, the more likely it is that they're going to feel comfortable owning a filter or owning some kind of digital experience. And it'll just become an assumed thing that, hey, I actually own that. Um, gaming is, I guess, one of the big topics um, that you see on crypto Twitter um, all the time at the moment. You look at, obviously, as an angel investor, also at a lot of companies. Um, are there any uh, specific examples that you can outline that actually really nail the idea of uh, Web3 gaming right now? Any um, things that make you very much excited at the moment? Yeah, that's a good question. So for anyone who's followed crypto for any period of time, gaming's always been this sort of holy grail conversation of, okay, there's all these gamers, there's whatever, three billion daily gamers um, in the world today, and crypto is going to change that, and people are going to be able to own their stuff in the game. And we have yet to really see a breakout example. Most people don't, yeah, be, there, there's a lot of hype, but not a lot of substance. Um, I think this next year is probably the year where that changes. Um, and I tend to think about this in a barbell. Like there's on the one side, kind of the indie gaming scene that's always existed. Um, and I think crypto will have a version of that, right? Where you're targeting people who are very online, who are familiar with this kind of technology. There's a meaningful user base for, for kind of indie games. That's probably what takes off first. Um, and then on the other hand, you're looking for like a proper, hopefully tens, hundreds of millions of people will play this type of game. Um, and it would have to be abstracted away from the kind of crypto mechanics that are so frustrating to deal with for most people, but it sits on the rails of crypto, right? So something like Parallel is probably the, the go-to example on that side, from my perspective. This is essentially like a sci-fi, initially, trading card game, um, but it's building IP that's, you could think of it as similar to Star Wars or Star Trek, like that sort of scientific, well, I don't know, exploration, all that stuff. And they're building a few different games on top of that that normal people can play without having to worry about all the different steps. So yeah, if I had to pick one name, it would be Parallel. But I, I tend to think, like, if, if you guys are looking at games over the next year, it's like, does this have a clear path in the indie world? Or does it have a, you know, is there a possible path here for huge mainstream adoption? And that's kind of the, the two-way thought yeah. process. Thanks a lot. Um, when you talk about collectability experiences, also, of course, um, a moment where you can think about 
um, how you actually streamline and um, the user experience a bit and making it also more accessible. And obviously for Mercedes, it's also a big topic. Um, there are a lot of, um, let, let's say, maybe even demand that is addressed to like non-Web3 native brands to also onboard new people to the space. That obviously also means um, streamlining the collecting experience a bit. And maybe Sebastian, you can tell us a little bit how Mercedes actually thinks about growing the space and also creating an um, experience of collecting throughout every touchpoint um, that makes it easy to collect um, a Mercedes NFT, even though you might not have a wallet or you're not very much um, experienced in using uh, blockchain. So that's something that we take very seriously and, and are also already doing. So Mercedes-Benz Next Icons that we, we've been talking about a tiny bit is actually the third collection that we, we did. The first one was a generative art one. And the second one is a, a digital collectibles collection uh, called Mercedes-Benz Next Eternities that we're actually gifting to the very top Mercedes-Benz customers uh, in, in the world. And As you, as you can imagine, I mean, there's only, there's less than 2,000 uh, of those digital collectibles. As you can imagine, the very top Mercedes-Benz customers are rather on the older side and maybe less technically savvy than your, your classical, your, your traditional NFT collector. So we have to come up with a, a smooth onboarding journey uh, for, for those um, collectors, for those top customers. And we actually partnered with a, a small uh, startup in, in Berlin, in, in Germany, to create that onboarding journey. So we basically um, created like little credit cards that we would gift nicely packaged, not like this one, this is mine, um, those top customers during live events worldwide. And they actually tap that against their phone that downloads an app, sets them up with a crypto wallet and triggers our smart contract that uh, delivers one of those 1,886 uh, digital collectibles into their newly created uh, wallet. Um, That's only a small part because it's very manual and very uh, a lot of work. Um, we're also working hard on, on onboarding the larger audience of Mercedes-Benz brand fans uh, from that, that, they, that we have, that Mercedes-Benz has in the physical realm. Of course, uh, we can't do that in the same manual uh, process, but uh, some things that we are looking at or doing right now for the next icons drop, which is going to be early next year, Uh, we will enable credit card payments and also um, people being able to set up a, a wallet during the checkout process. Right now, it was only uh, Ethereum. And we're also working hard at uh, making our messaging online and offline much, much easier. And also, Mercedes-Benz, you mentioned it earlier, is, is very good or has a large audience of collectors' communities that they are in touch with. And we're talking a lot to these people, to these clubs, how... What could interest them to not only collect digital, uh, physical products, cars, but also digital products in, in the future? What are, uh, Ben, for you, like the elements of user experience when it comes to collecting um, that you see as critical um, in terms of evolvement and making it better, leaner, um, easier to, to use, um, can be... Uh, beginning of the funnel until the sales, like what you just outlined, but maybe also in terms of owning something, but then how can you access, view, experience that? What are like elements in the user experience where you either see very cool examples happening at the moment or you, where you feel there's like a lot of need for action still, still left? Yeah, a good question. I think in this category of like, how do you make this accessible? Basically, I'm 
more interested in mobile experiences growing over the next little while. I think a lot of people still use laptops and desktops to get at most of the applications that have been built in crypto. And for people who are younger, you know, mobile is just the native way that you approach these things. And that's also a global comment too, right? Where a lot of people are coming at the internet through their phones. And so I guess examples off the top of my head that are doing this well are Floor. My mom checks her Floor app uh, every once in a while with the NFTs I've kind of bought with her. Uh, Gallery is another one for kind of exploring digital art. These, these, that's more the world that I live in anyways. Um, but I think increasingly, whatever category of NFT land that you're interested in, uh, mobile is going to be the way that it makes, I don't know, makes the most sense. It's also about reducing the friction in terms of number of steps, right? Like it can be a huge pain in the ass to go and like move Ethereum to this wallet and then mint here and connect that. And every time, I mean, in basic UX, every time you add a step, you lose a certain amount of your user base, right? And I think mobile helps abstract a lot of that away. Um, So we're not quite there yet. There's some early good examples, but yeah, that would be my answer. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, I think we have 10 minutes left, so I would at least give you guys the chance to jump in with a question or a thought. Um, yeah, please go ahead. Hi, um, thank you so much for your talk. Uh, my name is Amrita, and I'm the first NFT artist in Dubai, and it's my first time in Miami, which is great. Um, I work with a lot of brands as well in the UAE. Um, from, you know, I've worked with um, Ferrari, Maserati, and also having all of these kind of conversations. It's very interesting what you're saying about the checkout process um, being very easy for, I would say, Web2 natives. But then once you have, I would say, the collectors, what are you doing to organize the community in a way that is also very, you know, easy for that Web2 native um, and being able to then segregate and uh, reward people if they if if it is a utility or even just communicate with kind of first party data people if that makes sense so in in, in terms of because you mentioned utility again i think w- the way we think about utility is the the non-art nft space right now is looking a lot at detached utility doesn't have anything to do with the the actual token we are trying to create directly linked uh so to say utility so it's really um, what can you do with the Mercedes-Benz Next icons uh, in the future that might be uh, actually bringing that into a game and not only one game, but into operability is something that we're looking at very closely. Um, and, and I think those communities will form in these spaces uh, themselves. A, uh, B, we are trying to leverage the communities that Mercedes-Benz has built already, but that's a rather long-term vision because as you can imagine, um, it, it is or at least that's what, what we found, uh, the people that are collecting the cars right now are very much into the, the haptical, physical element uh, of it. So we're trying to have these discussions very early to sort of convert them uh, in, 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 in the more long-term future, I would say. Any thoughts on that? Hi, um, uh, I have a question about investment in uh, NFT, crypto, Web3 startups, not art, but startups. Um, how do you guys evaluate um, great projects to invest in? What are the criteria? Yeah. And I guess this 
Yeah, um, I'll, I'll steal something from a, a good friend of mine, Derek, who works at Collab Currency, which is a, a fund that if you're interested in that type of question is, is worth exploring. Um, it's kind of team, timing, and product. So who is the team? Like, who is actually building this thing? If Are they qualified? You know, what's the background? Do they know each other well? Um, timing, like the pets.com example is always thrown around when people talk about this. That People buy pet food on the internet all the time now, right? 20 years later from when that startup initially was, was a thing. Uh, so timing really matters. You can have a good idea, but the timing isn't, if, if the timing isn't great, it's, it's not going to work out. Um, and then product, right? Like, what is this thing actually doing, right? Is, is there some solution that it's offering that doesn't exist? Uh, do people want to buy this? Um, yeah, so that's the, probably the quickest uh, mental model on, on startups. So knowing now that uh, onboarding, you know, people is one of the hardest things to convert them from physical to digital. Um, and I like, you know, what you have done with the credit card and all that. Um, how do you, uh, your communities, how do they decide perhaps what projects they want to invest on? Do you guys have a platform, a forum, or how do, you, how do they get like the news of what, you know, the company's doing? Um, so for the, the Web3 space specifically, I think those are the, the, the two main channels that all of the, the, the collections of the projects are using. So we, we decided to build um, a Discord community uh, and are working very hard to sort of do that in a, in a two-way uh, fashion, which is, I would say, rather new, exciting, uh, but also something that larger brands are looking at quite... Uh, uh, carefully, I would say, because they might not be totally used to actually going into a direct discussion with with those pe people. And the second one is obviously X as well, uh, Twitter X. Um, yeah, those are the the, the two the two um, communication channels with our audience. Um, X more sending and Discord actually engaging with with our community. So I work with DAOs too. So um, have you guys thought about creating a DAO just for your community or, um, yeah? Not necessarily creating a DAO, but uh, we, the first collection we did was Machine with, with Fingerprints DAO and Harm Fun and Dorpel. So we're very excited to, to be able to work with uh, DAOs as a uh, Web3 blockchain native sort of organization form. Uh, forming a DAO is not something that is on our radar right now. Working with DAOs, very much so. I want to jump in quick just with a comment. Um, I feel like these guys do this really well. There's a lot of big mainstream brands that have tried to play in NFTs and have ended up you know, either grifting and just leaving the space entirely or weren't that thoughtful and... Yeah, just an encouragement, I guess, to you guys, but for everyone to, who's interested in this kind of vertical, the Mercedes guys have actually been really thoughtful about art, about culture, about community building. And it's so much like you're building the bridge as you walk on it. There's no real right strategy here, right? Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, there's all sorts of questions. I guess this is a little bit to you, but I can't really look at you. Um, so yeah, just, a, just an encouragement here. Like Part of why I agreed to be on the panel in the first place with these guys is I actually think there's a lot of you know, a lot of things that they've done right. So definitely take a look if you have some time. Um, tasteful shill, hopefully. 
Any more questions from you guys? Yes, over there. I think um, one of the big differences between collectability for the older generation and a younger generation is sentiment, sentimentality. And I think while the older generation for Mercedes, you said, is tactical, like they want to feel like the actual physical thing, the journey for a young professional buying their first Mercedes and that growing over time, to me, makes sense digitally for the new young buyer in a way that they explore their journey with Mercedes in the decades to come. Are you taking ways to infuse sentiment into collectability? Because I think that's what people are looking to identify with. Like, how does it, how do I see myself? But if I'm a digital collector, I look back and I see the Mercedes cars I've had over the last 20 years and it's in their pristine condition, it's going to trigger memories to me that makes me a collector of Mercedes. And I'm wondering, like, are those principles distilled into what you're creating for the future or now? I'm not sure. I, I, I totally understood the question, but maybe you did. How is sentiment and like sentimentality of collectability driving your focus for Mercedes on the younger generation to see them adopt this and have a collecting experience? Like you see your older collectors who have that physical likeness to that feature. I think it's super hard to create sentimental value like deliberately. I think that's something that hopefully happens uh, uh, over time. I think one thing that we are doing to sort of make that easier on people is actually what I mentioned earlier with bringing Mercedes-Benz Next icons as the first real digital collectible that we, we have created into more and more environments. And then hoping that that will actually catch on, that will create, create sentimental value f for people. But I think it's really hard but maybe let's discuss if you have uh, precise ideas to 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 create sentimental value as a as a as a sender but i mean the icons uh, as you outlined are essentially designed as a journey back through time and heritage of mercedes benz so obviously it's for us interesting to create that experience and to tell that story it's a very narrative driven collection i would say and by that also um showcasing something like that is full of heritage and full of history, um, showcasing that obviously to younger generations as well. So it's an interesting customer journey that could be established by that. But again, it's very early for us to say um, if this works and how this will evolve in the future, but it's definitely a factor. Uh, I think we are out of time. Um, so thanks a lot. Ben, thanks a lot, Sebastian. Thank and thanks a lot, you guys, for all the great questions.